Hello, welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today I have with me Shay Wells. Hello. Hello. And we also have Steve Reinhardt with us. Hi, Shay. Hi, Noah. How's it going? Good. It's good to be with you guys. Yep. And I, for all the listeners out there, you know, I know we haven't done a podcast in a little bit here. I did take a little vacation and we went to do a podcast uh, the beginning of this week. And Steve, Shay, and I ended up just talking for three hours of fellowship. So <laughs> we're very sorry about that, but we are going to do one now. Yeah, yeah we're, and we're not too sorry. And, uh, and you know, be, we've just been talking about some uh, funny quotes Mike Wells had made in the past. And so, you know, I'd like to make sure that all the listeners, like, he put tons of condemnation on Noah for taking a vacation. Because, like, when you're in ministry, you like, you shouldn't be able to take a vacation. You should be have to, like, work nonstop and be sacrificing your life for everybody and never take time for your own family. So it's like, I'm super disappointed that uh, <laughs> Noah and Shay went to a vacation. Oh my gosh. I'm kind of embarrassed even to be seen with you guys. <laughs> I know. And it, it it is weird. Like it took me like three days to finally be okay with taking the vacation, even though I was in the vacation already. So well, we've never taken a vacation. Yeah. I've never so like is- turned my phone off. So yeah. it, was, it was very strange for me and I definitely didn't feel like I deserved. It was just very weird feelings coming up. So, uh, well, yeah, and of course I'm giving you crap, uh, but uh, because uh, we have such weird expectations for people that are in ministry, full time ministry, where we uh, and, and and they have those same expectations for themselves are really really kind of inhuman standards that you would tell yourself that. If I'm in ministry, I should never take a vacation. I shouldn't mm-hmm. go enjoy my kids and play with them and uh, celebrate life with them. And uh, I should be always sacrificing myself for some somebody else who's who's not even my kid or my fi- wife or family. And, right. and so I'm so actually I'm uh, really uh, pleased and proud that you guys went against the norm. Uh, took care of your family and kids and each other and and had a great vacation yeah we really did it was it was it was a good connect to with the kids and with 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 each other so Mm -hmm. it was well worth it wonderful yeah and so so today um we're going to talk about something really mm, kind of wonderful with a with kind of a strange title uh, taking advantage of Jesus within you. And, and so, you know, that's really, it kind of started with you having a, really a, a dream. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I had a dream and I'll just go ahead and share the dream and then we can talk about it and what it really meant to me. And so in the dream, <clears throat> um, I was with Satan in a room and he kept throwing me around And he was calling me worthless and a lot of other terrible words. And I kept, while I was getting thrown around in the room and slammed up against the walls, I kept thinking like, I can't do anything. I only have 20% of Jesus in me. I can't do anything. That's not enough. So, you know, it was weird. I just kept thinking that in my dream. And then, you know, getting slammed around, slammed around. Satan still telling me I don't belong in ministry. I'm worthless. I should kill myself. You're nothing. And he kept throwing me around. And then I had this thought, well, no, maybe I actually have 50% of Jesus in me. Okay, I got 50%. Then I still thought, well, that's still not enough. I still can't do anything. And so still throwing me around you know, getting beat up pretty good. I was getting pretty bloodied by then. And um, all of a sudden he had me up by the throat up against the wall and he was kind of holding me up there yelling at me. And all of a sudden I thought to myself, wait a minute, I actually have a hundred percent Jesus that dwells inside me. And as soon as I had that thought, just like that, it was just like a flash, a blink. I was all the way, he was on the ground and my foot was on his throat. Mm. And I woke up and I thought to myself, 
you're right. I do have a hundred percent Jesus in me all the time. I don't have, and it doesn't matter if I do something weird or sin or, you know, go down the sin line, but it never leaves me. I always have a hundred percent. And I think that's one of the things Satan probably, I'm sure he messes with other people, but definitely messes with me on is I don't have enough Jesus in me to do anything. And that's just such a lie. And I think that has stopped me many times in my life to either rebuke him away from me, you know, say in the name of Jesus, leave, or just basically, I would just sit there and listen to him, you know, just go further and further into depression, further into suicidal thoughts, further into self-hatred, um, you know, all those terrible thoughts that any of us can have. And I remember a, a young, young Christian, I would think to myself, I don't have the power to rebuke him. Like my dad does, but I don't. So I just, I'm going to sit here quiet and <laughs> just deal with it. So I don't know what you guys, like, I don't know what you guys' feelings are at all about that dream, or if you guys have had any of those same kind of thoughts or, um, I don't know, but I, I mean, and yeah, go ahead. I want to hear what that part is. And then I have a couple other things to add, but go ahead. And I want to see what you guys think of that. Yeah. Shay, do you have any, any thoughts about that or impression? Well, I, just, I just love the reminder because I think so many times when we're struggling and things aren't going well, it feels like there's a hundred percent of the enemy within us. You know, sometimes you feel so captured by Satan that it's like everywhere I turn he's bothering me and he's bothering me and I think sometimes we forget that we have a hundred percent of Jesus in us because it sometimes doesn't feel like it sometimes you know it seems like everywhere you turn something is going wrong and there's hurting people and here we are you know still a year later at home our kids are still remote learning you know people have still lost their jobs and they're losing their homes and there's still so much bad going around and and sometimes our lives feel so consumed by satan that i love the reminder that just because he's there and can whisper and sometimes yell and poke at you doesn't mean that you lose that hundred percent jesus within you that he's still there so i love the reminder because we don't always feel that Mm -hmm. so right. I love that you had that dream yeah me too and I it is such a great reminder uh, that like you said we don't always feel uh, or sense that 100% Jesus mm -hmm. and um, and then we do sometimes listen to the enemy and uh, to all the mm, the kind of the BS that we, that he's shooting our way and we, and we, and then we believe it. And then we actually act that way. Mm -hmm. And and that's, um, you know, then, and then we, then we kind of become confused. Like what is going on? I really am. And, you know, and one of the things that we say in abiding life uh, ministries, uh, you know, is that we uh, you know, like without Christ, we can do nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. We like a hundred percent buy into that. Uh, except uh, for the hundred percent Jesus in me, uh, mm -hmm. then that would shift things. Uh, mm -hmm. So the the like you were saying, uh, uh, really the main tool he has is the same tool the enemy's always had, which is to and just twist things a little bit. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think uh, you know I've done this. I'll you know I'll just tell you I've I've had that kind of. Um, a distorted, and I'll say a distorted abiding life ministries um, teaching that I can do nothing, you know, that I can't do anything, that I'm, you know, that I'm kind of powerless mm -hmm. to actually do anything. And, uh, and, the, and I think that's actually kind of listening to the enemy. Mm -hmm. Kind of like your dream was like, oh my gosh, I, like, you know, in, in my distorted thinking, it wasn't I had 20%. It's like I got no no percent. You know, I have like no no chance of doing anything different, uh, learning anything, being any kind of different. I mean, we actually teach that. And so, uh, 
So when we run it to an extreme, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, he's just going to smash me against the wall and then I'm going to, you know, I'm powerless. I'm really powerless. Mm -hmm. And and so what you're saying is like different than that. So I, re I really like, I like that. And it is kind of challenging though uh, to some of our, my distorted beliefs and so i and so i like that you're challenging the challenging that and i'd love to hear more about it well yeah and i think too to go off of that too i think when i know for myself when i really dove into sin i even even more have this goofy belief that god has you know he'll leave maybe a finger or a thumb you know dwelling in me but you know, he's way off like this, you know, basically just kind of got a little finger on me, but he's looking away. Uh, you know, he's, he, he doesn't want anything to do with me right now. Cause I'm stuck in this sin. I keep picking the same sin over and over again. And I think that is also just a goofy belief. And maybe I've heard that from churches I've gone to. Maybe I've heard that just from the enemy. I mean, who knows, but I, I do believe that sometimes. And <clears throat> when that happens, when I'm constantly living to sin, then of course, yeah, how, why would I be able to go to Jesus? How could I even dare ask him to tell Satan to leave me? You know, I don't deserve that. Mm. So, and I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. I'm, I'm guessing I'm not the only person on earth that has felt that before. And I mean, the thing that God has taught me time and time again, and he is teaching me this on a daily basis, that behavior does not matter. And I always have it in my back of my head. You know, I always, I always think I have a religious brain and a faith brain, you know, and my religious brain is always telling me, no, you can't do that. God's going to walk away. He's going to finally just be done with you. You got to work for the, his love. You got to do all this stuff. And, and then my faith brain is, and God's always telling me, no, just come walk with me. That's all I want. I just want you to talk to me. And sometimes I talk to him and sometimes I yell at him but it's okay. And I've told this to many people, like you can actually go and yell at God if you want. He won't kill you. Trust me, I'm still here. <laughs> I've called God every name in the book and he hasn't killed me. What he did for me is he actually was patient with me and day by day showed me new and new, you know, new and more things about myself. And I think that's the fun part about walking with him. And I think that kind of goes into the next step I want to talk about is taking advantage of what we have inside us. And so let's say we do believe we have a hundred percent Jesus in us. And I think maybe well, can, I, can I interrupt you? Yeah, go ahead. So like, um, and, and you know, doing, doing my normal play, the devil's advocate is, is like, uh, yeah. So what do I have to do to get a hundred percent Jesus in me? All you have to do is accept him as your, Lord, and that's it. So I don't have to like clean up that my price. Life. That's it. I don't have to get all my stuff together and live a per perfect life. No, you do not. Uh, and what about like, you know, clean up my language? No. <laughs> and what about not, a, not the way he's been teaching me? No. But I mean, so, so you don't think he just like will come in a little bit more if I um. I'm a little bit more perfect. The more perfect I get, the more Jesus I get. Uh, yeah, I do not believe that. I believe once we accept Christ, he fills us completely. Let's, let's talk about a cup. Everyone likes talking about the full cup. You just can't put any more in a full cup. It's it's done. It's it's completely full. So I, I really do believe that when you accept Christ, you are completely full of him. And there's nothing you can do to get rid of that. Yeah, and, and scripture even kind of bears that out because it says we've, we're new creatures. Yeah. We're, we're in him. We're full of him. We're new. We're new. We're completely new. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, like, I, I like that. So I, I like to play the devil's advocate because I actually have those questions pop into my mind is like, well, wait a minute. You know, maybe, maybe I only do have, you know, 2% Jesus. Um, and, and so I like uh, that you kind of corrected my 
my feelings and my gut and my crazy nutty beliefs. So, so now uh, get, so now, so now I've got a hundred percent Jesus in me and you, and I interrupted you when you were saying you were going to take advantage. Now, now you're going to take advantage of that hundred percent. Yeah. What, and what do you mean by that? Well, and first I, I, I liked what you said there, Steve. I think that's the, I think that's something we, it takes a long time to learn. That doesn't come overnight to understand we have 100% Jesus. That does take time and God showing up for us and and sometimes not showing up for us. I remember many times I've prayed for myself or for other people and it didn't, it didn't come true. You know, it didn't work. And I think that's probably... The faith thing, right, is just knowing he's got me exactly where he wants me. And but then you start thinking, you start questioning it, or you start comparing with other people. Like definitely, like I've met a lot of Christians that are on fire, you know, and they're oh man, they've you know brought this many people to Christ, and they have done this, and they have all this amazing things that are happening. And then I go home thinking, I don't have any of that. I'm not on fire. Why do I not have? You know, do I only have like a finger on me? That's it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a trap too. We can fall into very easily, or you know, when we judge each other's behavior, mm-hmm. I think that's another trap too. Of oh, are they really Christian? Did they really accept Christ? Even they because don't act like it. yeah, they sure don't act like it. Look, <laughs> listen to their mouth. They're swearing up a storm. There's no way they're a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, they drink alcohol. Nope. Are, are you sure they, you know, and I think that's another trap. And I think that's a trap that Satan loves us to get into is one, it gets our focus off of Christ's love, <laughs> like God's love takes over all, but we like to think, oh no, we're actually better than that person. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember when I went to Bible school, you know, I asked a question one time and said, so here I am as a Christian and say there's a homeless man who's an alcoholic drug addict, but he did accept Christ. And let's say there is a line that goes to heaven. Is he going to be in front of me or he's going to be behind me? And all of them said he'd be behind me. And I thought that was so interesting. I thought, why wouldn't he be right next to me going together? And I think that is something we all think, you know, Probably, I, I know it sneaked into my brain a couple times, so I know it sneaks into other people's brains that I'm doing more for Christ. And really, you don't have to do anything for him. He's already done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, so I, I think there, you know, you mentioned uh, behavior doesn't matter and, uh, and it doesn't matter. So let me see if I can clarify before we get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. please do. So, so. <clears throat> It doesn't matter in terms of whether I, uh, how much Jesus lives in me, right? Mm-hmm. Behavior doesn't have a thing to do with the amount of Christ in me. Yeah. Yeah. But my belief, and this is, this is my experience, my belief in how much Jesus I have in me and what you're about to talk about, taking advantage of that, uh, be, that power, that mm-hmm. life, the light, the source of the universe living in me, mm-hmm. uh, my, uh, my, my believing that I have a hundred percent and he has a hundred percent of me, mm-hmm. uh, that my belief in that does affect my behavior mm-hmm. because my behavior is always reflecting my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, and so it doesn't, my behavior doesn't get me more Jesus. My behavior it actually becomes an expression of Christ in me as mm-hmm. the more I recognize that truth that, oh my gosh, he's, he is, I have, I have the God of the universe, mm-hmm. the creator living in me. And I'm telling myself, I can't do something. It's like, what kind of a nut am I? Yeah. Uh, you know, that I've got the, I've got the creator of the universe in there and, and I can't, and I'm, and I'm telling myself, and we we do this. We I've done it. I I can't uh, I can't love my wife, and uh, so so this might be a little controversial. 
Uh, but uh, so I tell myself, I can't love my life. I've got the God of the universe that lives in me. He's he loves my wife. And and so I'm giving myself I'm kind of like listening to the enemy, aren't I? Mm. When I tell myself that, mm-hmm. my gosh, I can't love. I can't love somebody that uh, I've got 100% of his power in me. And you know, I know that might be a little controversial, but I think that I, as I tap into that power in me, um, it, it's like, then it actually is kind of effortless mm-hmm. as it should be just like a, you know, a plant blooming. And there's a lot of energy and a lot of uh, things t- taking place there, but it's kind of a natural phenomenon. And I think kind of, that's what we're talking about. Is that, am I reading you right? No, I, yeah. Did I, or did I mess up when I about the behavior does not matter? No, I, I think it's. What do you think? Well, I was just gonna say with behavior, I think it's the focus and not the behavior. So, like, we're all gonna sin, we're all gonna mess up, we're all gonna make stupid decisions, we're all going to be human. But God cares about where your focus is at. So is your focus going to be, I sinned and now I sinned again. And oh my gosh, I did this and I did this and I did this. And that becomes our focus where really God's saying, like, I created you to be human and you're human and you're going to mess up and you're going to take a step away from me, but I'm in you. And so focus on me. And I think so many times our behavior becomes our focus. And then that's when it becomes really easy for Satan to slip in there and really easy for that to become our big picture is look, I messed up and I can't stop sinning and I'm an alcoholic or I, and you know, I've had an affair or I'm judging whatever it is that becomes your focus. That's when God is like, hello, I am here. Instead of I, I messed up, I sinned. That sucks, but I'm going to choose to focus on God. And so I think that that's where the behavior really comes in is, is I think we get so stuck. I grew up in a very Baptist legalistic church. And when I walked away, well, I got kicked out of the church, but then when I walked away from God, which is so funny to say now, because he didn't walk away from me. I just chose to not focus on him. And I felt the same thing where he had like a finger on me because I walked away and then he just let go of me. But really what was happening was, I felt like my behavior couldn't live up to God's standards, but really, so then my behavior became my focus to where I was like, I'm just going to keep walking through this behavior and not even focus on God because I can't hold up to his standards. I can't be that. I cannot, I tried it. It was exhausting and like life didn't happen great. Right. Like we think if I focus this way and I do all the things that, that people are telling me I need to do, I'm all of a sudden not going to have financial problems and I'm not going to have relationship problems because my focus is God. So when I was focusing on that behavior and my life wasn't all falling into place, I then walked away and then I had a sick baby and then God had to become my focus. And it was in those moments that I realized that God had never walked away from me. I just switched my focus and I was focusing so much on behavior and not God. And then God gave me a sick baby to where he was my only focus and has become mostly my focus through all of that. And so Noah and I talk all the time about this contrast that God gives us. And it's so beautiful because without those hard times, we don't see the beauty of God. And so sometimes we go through this hard stuff and we go down the behavior route and we go down the Satan route and we go with the whispers that he tells us. And then when we switch that focus to God, it's like, oh, that contrast over here was not fun and I didn't like it, but it makes this so much more beautiful. So I think sometimes we get stuck in this behavior and we get stuck in in what we're not doing right. And if you just switch your focus, it's like, I'm gonna not do things right. God didn't create me to be Jesus. He didn't create me to be perfect. He created me to be Shay and Shay is a scumbag sometimes, but I can focus on God and that switches that around. So. I know that was a lot all at once, but. No, that was helpful. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And, th- and that we would, you know, so, so if I were to ask you like, 
so was it helpful? Did you like learn? Did did you like make some uh, steps forward by uh, focusing on your behavior? I mean, I made some steps. I don't know if it would be. I don't know what what direction it would be in. You made some promises. I made some promises. <laughs> I, you know, when I was focusing on behavior and then trying to get out of that behavior, I did the whole. God, if you take this from me, I will show up to church every Sunday and I will read my Bible every day and I will pray all day long and I will be the best Christian you've ever had, you know, and I made those promises and God goes, I just want you (laughs) just stop. I just want you. So I learned a lot in it. And I, I've always said that walking away from God was actually the best thing that happened because I realized that he really didn't care about the behavior. He just wanted me. And I was so stuck in the behavior and I was, and I don't, I I don't recommend walking away from God. I don't, that's not what I'm saying, but I walked away and then found who God really was. And he wasn't holding my feet to the fire to be perfect. And I realized that my whole life was held to this standard of perfection. And I dropped that for Jesus. And it was like, oh, I don't have to be that. I just have to show up. I just have to be me. And I just have to give him my all. Yeah. So do you think you would have um, got, I I call that progress to me. That seems like a life-changing gift. Do you think you would have done that if you hadn't tried, tried out the behavior route first? No. Yeah. I, I think, I think so too, for me too. I think that's, and so that wherever the Lord has us and whatever we're going through is like the perfect spot for us to be walking. And so some people that are listening to this podcast may be still may disagree with us and may be saying, no, your behavior is like the supreme thing that matters. And I would say, well, uh, don't, you know, go for it. Like go hundred percent though. Don't, and don't, don't fool around. If you're going to like concentrate on your behavior I go 100% out and go live the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. and, and stop fooling around. Uh, and that helps, I think, for us to be able to get to the point where we can give up on the idea of perfection, like you just mentioned, Jay. Well, yeah. and knowing that God has something in my life, like God let me go down that route for me. He may not have that route for you, but that's what I needed in my life to pull me through. And sometimes, you know, we hold ourselves to everybody else's standards and, you know, we all have our advice for everybody of, oh no, God, God wants you to stop doing that and move over here. We're really, God may have something in your life for you to learn from it. And I think so many times we try to run from something that we actually need to learn from. And so you know, we, it just all goes back to the comparison too, that I needed that time where I'm sure people were looking at me like, what is she doing? You know, they probably were looking at me going, and she calls herself a Christian. What mm-hmm. really? She definitely doesn't believe in God. Well, I believed in God so much that I felt like he wasn't there. And I needed to step back to actually see he was always there through everything. And I can see that now that I'm through that stage of my life. Thank God. And I can see him in every single step, but if I wouldn't have gone through those steps, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without it. So, yeah. So we can relax kind of where we are at in the process. Yeah. And uh, realize that uh, like Noah's going to tell us we've got hundred percent Jesus. Uh, Like you, you, you walked away from him or, but you can like try and run or I mean, and be like trying to walk away from your blood He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, gosh, exactly. I'm, moving, I'm moving away from my blood, my circulatory system. Yeah. You know, it's like life of the flesh is in the blood. It's like, he's my life. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to run from God. It's like, well, if you try and you might as well try and run from yourself. You know, it's like, it's impossible. So, yeah. And I had said I had walked away, but then I can look back and see him in all of those years, mm-hmm. in all of the times he saved me, in all of the times that he, still loved me and still showed me he was there. But at the time I was just so angry that I was like, I've walked away. There is no God. Yeah. Right. right. But he was there. He still didn't walk. He didn't, he didn't take himself out of me. I was just ignoring him, but 
he didn't remove himself. I still had that full cup, like Noah said. I still had 100% of him in me, but I was a stubborn 20-year-old and had decided, no, I'm not going to do that. But he still had all, he didn't remove himself. He didn't take 50% back or 75% back or whatever. He still was fully in me. And now I can look back and go, man, so many times he was there. I just, I didn't feel like my behavior matched up to God's standards. So I didn't see him in it because I thought God can't be in me because I can't hold up to that. Yeah, your standards were kind of higher than God's. Yeah. Yeah, and, and really that's the cool part is once you realize that each and every one of us has that gift of 100%. Mm-hmm. And when you walk away, he's still there 100%. And our that's behavior it. might be off. He's there 100%. Mm-hmm. Just like you were saying, you know, our behavior is acting weird and we're looking at the other Christian going, oh, that's strange. They still have 100% Jesus in them. And Jesus is walking through all that goofiness and he's working on something. He's teaching them something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something where I have to remind myself when I see someone doing something really goofy is, oh, God's got him right there. And it's going to be really cool to see what comes out of it. Right now, it's ugly. Right now, there's Mm -hmm. some black stuff coming out and some goo and (laughs) some other stuff, but it's going to be pretty cool. And it could take 15 years, could take 20 years of goofy behavior and he may not have them there for them he may have them there for us exactly absolutely that uh that he's moving in us and expressing himself through us Mm -hmm. we kind of got sidetracked no i'd love to hear more about what you're what you wanted to talk about which was uh, taking advantage of jesus yeah and i i just want to add this one thing and then i'll i'll get right into that this will be real quick you know, I've, I've had I've had people tell me, other Christians tell me, you know, when when we accept Christ, it does, it feels different to sin. And yeah, I guess maybe I beat myself up more when I sin. I'll, I'll give you that. But, you know, they say, you know, it's not natural to sin. Well, if that's true, then why are people why are so many believers still divorcing? Mm-hmm. Why are so many believers alcoholics? Why are so many believers uh, addicted to porn, addicted to drugs. So why is that? You know, and yet again, it just shows me it's, it's another behavior problem. And we've had something stuck in our head that once we accept Christ, it's not going to feel and I'm sure I'll get hammered on this. It's not it doesn't feel right, then it might not feel right, but honestly, the only thing that's different for me when I'm a Christian now and I sin, I just beat myself up more about it. Mm-hmm. I honestly, just hammer myself over it, which is funny because when you go to church and they're trying to get you to accept Christ, they're telling you, accept Christ because God and or Jesus is going to take all your It'll sins away. away. Mm-hmm. It'll all go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you go and do it. But so I think that is a weird thing that we do to ourselves. Mm-hmm and other people, another judging part that we do to each other. And I guess maybe that's mm-hmm. what we're always going to do. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that. And we're probably going to get too far out of what we want to talk about. But do you guys have anything to say just real quick about that or just my, leave my, it? My short take on that is now you've got an enemy. If, if anything changed, now you've got an enemy. Mm-hmm. And uh, before you didn't. Uh, yeah. I may be wrong on this, but now you've got an enemy and he's whispering all that stuff mm-hmm. to you. You were mentioning while you were in your dream uh, and before he didn't have to. Uh, and so then we believe that stuff. We believe those lies. We believe those distortions of the truth, you know, just a little twist of it. And, mm-hmm. and we and then we and then uh, then why, why wouldn't you beat yourself up? You know, it, it, it would be kind of arrogant to go, oh, my, oh my gosh, I, uh, you know, I sinned last night and, um, and Christ forgave me and he paid for that. He paid for that on the cross. And mm-hmm. you know what? I wish I, I wish I hadn't done that, uh, but I did. And, um, and I don't feel a bit guilty. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and I, and actually I think as we listen to the Lord and not to the enemy, uh, we we are actually 
are free. You know, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. And we're free from living in condemnation and guilt uh, when we recognize, for, uh, for I, I like that word, recognize. It mm-hmm. means to me, abide. Recognize that 100% Christ in me and what he's done for me and what he's doing in and through us all. And I can, and so I like that as I recognize that fact, because it is a fact, then my feelings are based on what I believe, what I, what I'm thinking. And so if I tell myself, oh my gosh, I'm forgiven. Mm. Uh, why, why, why do I, why do I need to beat myself up? It's like, and like you guys were saying, it's not based on my behavior anymore. My forgiveness isn't based on my behavior. My, my walk with the Lord's not based on my behavior. My, my behaviors just kind of flows out of that mm. instead of being the, the, the cart that's pulling the train. It's the, it's the, that's the caboose. My behaviors are the caboose. Uh, so anyway, that's my short take on it. Yeah. But I'm, I like but I, but I'd really love to hear more about what that means to you, taking advantage of, of Jesus. Yeah, so for me, I my thought on this is taking advantage of Jesus. Maybe someone might not like that word, but I like it because say we all believe we have 100% Jesus in us. You can actually take advantage of that. And I think what's what we're kind of going along with, too, is not focusing on your sin, but actually focusing on Jesus and walking with Jesus. And when you when you take advantage of Jesus, I, I don't know, I just see when I see people who say they've walked away or, um, you know, are, are just kind of just going around life, just whatever. And they're Christians. Hey, that's fine. You can do that because you still have 100% Jesus in you. But you're missing out on so much. You're missing out on, you have a genius living inside you. You have someone that loves you so much that you can ask questions for and he'll answer. You can, you, you have a friend. You have a friend no matter where you go. You can go in the middle of the jungle and he's there with you. And that's why I like to talk about taking advantage of him is, is we have, we have, we, it's such a blessing what he gives us. He gives us 100% him. And so for me, I like to take advantage of that. I am not a, in school rules, I am not a smart person. If I took a test, I would fail it. If you give me a test on the Bible, I will fail it. If you Give me a spelling test. I'm going to fail it. Even if it's against a second, a second grader, I, the second grader will win. <laughs> so that being said, though, I have someone in me that is a genius. Mm-hmm. And he teaches me so much in life. And the best part is when I was younger, I couldn't read the Bible at all. And guess what? So I asked God, teach me the Bible. And you know how he taught me? He taught me in situations in life. Mm-hmm. And yes, were some of them brutal and hard? Absolutely. Were some way easier? Yes. But he actually listened and taught me and walked with me in that. And the thing I realized with all the brutalness of some of those struggles last 10 years, some of them last 15 years, some of them last 20 years, some I'm still in. And I'm 41, but that's okay because he's, I know he's in it. He's in me 100% walking with me. And, and that's why I mean, like, I would rather have someone, if I, if I talk to someone and they say, I'm so mad at God right now, I'm going to walk away. Or I'm so mad at God right now, I'm not going to talk to him. I always encourage them, go find a close, you know, a place that no one's at, go in your car, go find somewhere where you can actually yell at him, get it out. His shoulders are big enough. He can handle it. And he already knows he lives inside you. Mm-hmm. So just tell him, Hey, I am really mad at you right now. I thought it was going to go this way. I should have gone this way, but you made it go the other way. Mm-hmm. I'm very upset with you. And then see what he does with it. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, I've done that time and time again. I'm telling you, I have, 
I have ripped all my clothes off before screaming at the top of my lungs, telling him to just take everything. Cause I was so angry with him. Mm-hmm. And he actually, you know what he did for me that day when I did that, he gave me this feeling of love. Mm-hmm. And that was enough to just drop me. And I just started bawling him and thanking him for it. And it was so funny because I started out screaming at him. Mm-hmm. So my whole point of taking advantage of Jesus is we have 100% Jesus in us. Yes. Can you go off and sin and do whatever? Oh, yeah, of course. I'll do it probably 500 times today. But I know I have Jesus in me. I always go back and say, hey, it's sometimes as easy as that, or sometimes it's hard to do that because I don't want to have a big conversation with him. But I want to acknowledge that I know he's in me. And so I'll even do the smallest thing of just saying, hey, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes that's all I can do that day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can talk to him like I've had great conversations when I used to be a painter with him. You know, you just and that's my point. You don't have to be in ministry. You don't have to be, uh, you know, in the church. You don't have to. You can be absolutely anywhere and have a conversation with him. And you can have. Mm -hmm great conversations with them. And you can even tell him, Hey, will you teach me this? And I'm just going to tell you right now, he will. Mm -hmm. You might not like it all, all the way how he's going to teach you it, but he will teach you it. And so if I can encourage anybody who's listening to this of taking advantage of what we have in us and what we have in us is an actual loving genius. Mm -hmm. And so that's my whole point of, taking advantage of Jesus. Well, that's beautiful. Thanks so much for sharing that. I've, and so, so I would just like say, uh, ask, uh, ask you, so you think, uh, you know, if I asked uh, Jesus, uh, you know, teach me the Bible, mm-hmm. I, I can read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't actually always comprehend everything I'm reading. Uh you, I liked. I really liked what you said. Is that he has taught you the Bible, uh, kind of experientially through your situations and struggles and memories, mm-hmm. and uh, you. So you think you'd do that for me? Absolutely. Yeah, I like hearing that. I think I do it one hundred percent. He just needs to be asked. Yeah, he's kind of. It's kind of funny. He's not very pushy. No. No, not at all. And that's the beautiful part about him is he's not pushy. And like Shade said, she walked away. He was there. He yeah. still allowed things to happen and not things to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the that's the great thing about him is he still pursued you. Yeah, he still pursued you. But not in a pushy way. Mm-hmm. Just kept showing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, like, you know, in our marriage, which eventually we'll get to a podcast on our marriage, but there were a lot of times that I didn't have a lot of love for him and he didn't have a lot of love for me, but the Jesus in me loved the Jesus in him. And so mm-hmm. we kept going. And if it would have gone off of our human behavior and our human love for each other, we wouldn't be here on many different mm-hmm. circumstances. We wouldn't be here. But to rely on taking advantage of the Jesus in me that loves the Jesus in him, the rest, the behavior, the things like that, we could actually talk about because we knew that, you know, there was that deeper love that wasn't even ours for each other. Yeah. So taking advantage of the love that we have for other people, you know, it's so easy to focus on other people's behavior so easy because it's right there but to know that the jesus in me loves the jesus in you regardless of your behavior is so cool to rely on that and to take advantage of that that you know jesus loves you and so i'm going to allow him to love you through me yeah and so can i like challenge that what you said just a little bit because i think the jesus in you loves noah Mm-hmm. Not the Jesus in him. Yeah. I think the Jesus in you loves Noah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 
And that's different to me because it's like, well, of course, everybody would love Jesus, except for all of us that would crucify him. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the but not everybody's going to love Noah. Yeah. Uh, and certainly not everyone would love me. Uh, so I so I, I like that. What you're saying is to take advantage of that of Christ in us mm-hmm. uh, to love, in a sense, the unlovely, mm-hmm. not the lovely, but to, because that's what he's like. You know, he he's he loves the unlovely. He's you know, he, he, he was never about, uh, you know. I would find it hard. I would find it, you know, like weird that there would be like two Jesuses walking down the road and they'd like really love one another. It'd be like, no, he's, he ought to be hanging out with the people like me, you know, the construction workers, the the people that are using drugs and hookers and the Mm -hmm. people he hung out with and and a few Pharisees thrown in there too, you know, the self-righteous, self-righteous people, you know, he he would be hanging out with uh, and loving us. And so I think that we get to take advantage. What you're saying is take advantage of that part of Jesus in us that loves everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And to go along with that, I, this was a while back, but I was, I was talking to Jesus about how do I love someone that maybe I'm not liking her behavior or I'm, you know, at some, you know, I think we can all admit in marriage, sometimes they're unlovable. How do I do that, Jesus? How do I? And he made it very simple to me. He said, how about you look at it this way? Serve the Jesus that lives in her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, huh, serve. So basically, I'm serving you. That's, you know, inside mm-hmm. Shay. And I thought, okay, let me try that. And it really did come pretty natural then mm-hmm. it was really oh yeah i'll go do the dishes yes i'll take out the trash yes i'll do this yes i'll do that and it wasn't for it, a reason no it was honestly because i kept thinking to myself jesus in there she is a sister in christ mm-hmm. that's how i'm gonna look at her for a while and see what happens and what happens is then you start actually loving the person again mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty quick actually yeah you actually you actually see jesus in the person yeah. you're if, if we look very carefully, we does it doesn't take too long before we actually see Christ in each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. if we're looking if we're looking for uh, his his life in someone, it's it's right there. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. but we don't always do that. So I, what a great experience you, uh, that you had. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really did change it for me. And then telling her, and she's like, "Oh, maybe I'll try it with you now." <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, so I think I, it does help. It's a, such a great example of what you're talking about of using using Jesus in us mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to see to see him in each other uh, is, yeah. is a, what a gift. Yeah, and like we've talked about this whole time, he makes it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I'd like to leave our listeners with something. We're kind of out of time. Um, could we? I mean, would you suggest? Um, uh, that someone say, "Hey, I, you know, I want to, I want to see, I want to see Jesus in other people, mm-hmm. and I have a hundred percent Jesus in me, and I would love to be able to see that hundred percent in others." Mm-hmm. Lord, um, can you do that? Can you can you give me those eyes to see? Can you teach me yeah. um, to have a heart to see Jesus in others? Would you suggest that? Yeah, I would absolutely suggest that. Mm-hmm. Because he he wants conversation, and it it doesn't always have to be spiritual conversation. It can honestly be like, even when I'm going to the grocery store, I'm talking to him. Like, do you think I should get this bread? Maybe I shouldn't. You know, I'm probably an insane person, but I I talk to him now a lot, and it it's not always just spiritual stuff. It's honestly just normal friend conversations, okay. and it's it's a beautiful thing when you start doing that. Yeah. You kind of see miracles all around you at that point, right? Yeah, you do because mm-hmm. your focus is on him and he's going to go, Oh, I'm going to show you some stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the, one of the guys in our abiding conversations last night, it's uh, March in 2021. One of the guys was talking about uh, walking with the Lord, uh, living in the Lord and uh, building a shed. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my gosh, that's he was you know tr- couldn't find the material and needed uh, 
you know, kind of a miracle to find the right material that he wanted. And, and then the big miracle was he asked his wife to go out and help him. And, and she did, and they didn't kill each other. Uh, so, you know, such, I, I like what you're saying so much that we, we find him in the, the natural mundane parts of life and we can connect with him in all, in every part of life. It's not uh, all about, you know, spiritual, uh, but, it, but it can be about finding the right nail to nail down here mm -hmm. in the material that the Lord provided. So, yeah. uh, or, you know, homework with the kids or, uh, you know, what to going to see a doctor. So, mm -hmm. but we're kind of out of time. So yeah. I thank you guys so much for sharing uh, how you guys have experienced taking advantage of Jesus in you and seeing him in each other. Mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful for, yeah. for it that. Was, it was, it was awesome. good. I, I love hearing how other people look at it. So I, I just like, I like your guys' look on it. So, thank you so, so maybe maybe we could ask for feedback on this podcast, and they could get in touch with you if, if someone else has a had an experience of you know of how they've taken advantage, mm -hmm. how they've taken advantage of Jesus in them, yep. uh, or not. Yeah, uh, yeah, and if they ever want to do a podcast talking about that, it'd be great too. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can always get a hold of me at Noah Wells seven at gmail.com try to make it as simple as possible because you know don't i don't like words that much but noel7 at gmail.com get a hold of me let me know what you think and um trying to think if i have any other news i know the on the website the unique self-test is down it's been down for probably a month now we are working on it but we're hitting a, hitting a lot of walls here so it will be up soon but at the moment, it is definitely down. So sorry about that. But somebody could probably order the booklet online. Yeah, you want. can still order the booklet on abidinglife.com, but just the paperback one. So, mm -hmm. but we will get the uh, digital one up again, but it's just, just like life. Time. Yeah, it, it's hitting some roadblocks for some reason. So. It's a thinker. It's a thinker. It's got to get everything perfectly lined yeah, up yeah, and yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. All yeah, we need the doer one. All the ones and O's in electronics are having to get uh, set in the right spot, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys so much. Thank you to the listeners. And I think the next one we'll do will be my testimony. So, yes, I've been holding off on that one for a long time. <laughs> and I guess I will finally do it. So the next one we do will be my testimony. So wonderful. Alrighty, so we'll hopefully do that in one next week. Love everybody. Love you, Steve. Love you, Noah. See you, Shay. All right. See you later, listeners. <laughs>